Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Um, I'd like to start us off today with a uh, multiple choice question. It's a personal question for you so you can answer it, how it applies specifically to you. The question is this. How often do you feel hungry? For you, do you feel hungry, A, like once a year, B, once a month, C, weekly, or D, daily? What is your personal answer? It would be what? Yeah, mine would be a solid D as as um, so many of you have said as well. Just curious, which meal would be like your favorite meal of the day? How many are breakfast people? Like, like that's, your, that's your meal, okay, cool. Um, lunch people, like you wait for that, all right. Dinner people, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how many, what, whichever one comes next? That's, that's where I'm at right now. And just curious, is anybody hungry right now? It's only going to get worse as we go on here. I can, uh, can guarantee that. Jesus is going to take something that all of us have experienced and all of us experience continually in our lives. He's going to connect it to something that all of us long for. And the means of being able to get that which we long for through it. Would you read these words of Jesus with me together? They're from Matthew chapter 5. Ready? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, if you have your Bible with you and you're opened up to uh, Matthew chapter 5 there, there's actually, I'm sure, some notes that you're going to want to just kind of write in the scriptures as we go along right there. The passage that we're looking at is actually on the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Three chapters, Jesus goes into one of his most detailed teachings. You would think that Jesus is speaking to you today. Actually, he would be speaking to you today. But the practicality of it, the things like, like how did he know? Like, is, does he have a listening device in my house? That's how practical this is. Now, he begins this message with what are called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the preamble. It's like, here's the introduction. It's like, here's what kind of would draw everybody in. And the thing Jesus teased it all up is with this. Now, we read the word blessed, right? Blessed to the poor in spirit. Blessed to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But the word that he uses, makarios, and makarios is very tight, very specific word, and it referred to a deep Happiness. It was a satisfying joy. It was that something that was on the inside that would affect the outside as well. It says Jesus would put before us, he goes like, the thing that we're all longing for is this deep satisfaction or happiness in our lives. He is going to give us the means, the steps to be able to get there. Now he says today to us in this fourth beatitude, this fourth step, he said, blessed are those who hunger for, what's the one word he uses? Righteousness, that's right. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Deep happiness and this hungering for righteousness are gonna be connected together. Now for some of us, we hear that and we're kind of like, this is concerning. Because we start to talk about righteousness and especially like righteousness in a religious connotation or situation. It's like, 
you may be thinking some of these things. When you think righteousness, you think about getting everything right in your life. And it's like, it just always seems like it's out of your grasp. Some people, when they think about righteousness, I mean, they kind of go to self-righteousness in their life. And rather than self-righteousness being that which brings us deep happiness, people that are you know, striving or living in this self-righteous way, they realize it doesn't bring me deep happiness, it just wears me out. Because I keep trying and trying and it's harder and harder to keep this, you know, this you know, um, self-righteous um, lifestyle before other people. It could be you think in the ideological way or theological. You hear righteousness and you're thinking about the ethereal like the righteousness of God. But it's not really that which affects my daily living. Not going to you know, matter much this week um, at work or at school. Whereas Jesus would step in and say, could we just kind of clear the table of those things that you're thinking? Because righteousness, Jesus would say, is something that you were made for. Or he could actually flip it Jesus would say, righteousness was made for you. So what does he mean? What is this word righteousness? It's one of the first questions that I'm like, I just got to make sure that I'm crystal clear on it so I can make sure I'm communicating what Jesus was communicating on it as well. So the word righteousness, it's really kind of a mouthful when you go back to the original language. Dikaiosune. I mean, that's the word for righteousness, it's there. And whereas the word can be a jumble in, in our mouths, at least in mine, what it says and what it means to me is such an aha and just so eye-opening. See, righteousness, the righteousness Jesus was talking about, it's the character of your inner life when it is as it should be. Let that just sink in for a second. Righteousness is the character of my inner life when it is as it should be. And I'll tell you, for me, this has been life-giving. I mean, this has been, it's kind of an eye-opening thing too because all the things I think about with righteousness is like, wait, 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 but this is what Jesus meant that way. You might want to write this down. In fact, you may want to just take a quick screenshot of it. So just think a little bit about it. Because whether you're, you know, get, if you're in high school right now, you're in college, wherever you're at in life, you know your inner life. And you sense when it's not what it should be. A lot of times we call that brokenness, right? We got brokenness in our life. What does that mean? It means there's something in me that I know isn't as it should be. And Jesus said, it's what you're made for. This is what was made for you as well. So let's say it once together. And then I would just want to pray that we might experience what Jesus wants for us as well. So, righteousness, what is it? It's the character of our inner life when it is as it should be. Jesus, would you help us with our inner life that it may be what it can be, what it should be? And Lord, to recognize this is truly a means to a deep happiness, a deep satisfaction, and actually to understanding the deep humanness and being real. Thanks that this matters to you, Jesus, and you are now setting us up to experience it in our lives. Help us, Holy Spirit, we pray. We ask it in your name, Lord, and everybody in agreement said? Amen. Amen.
When we're talking about righteousness, I think it's really important for us to understand there's actually two means, ways of righteousness that the scriptures speak of. So Jesus would certainly speak of both of these. The first means that he speaks of would be what's called an imputed righteousness. Now, I don't know when the last time you were used the word imputed, but imputed means to put upon somebody. It's like a gifting or a giving of something to somebody. It's not earned. It's not that you deserved. It's not a reward. Here's what the scripture says. It says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to everyone who believes. The scriptures are crystal clear about this. What Jesus did on the cross, what he accomplished in his resurrection, was the means whereby God could impute righteousness to us. In other words, you can someday stand before God just as if you had never sinned. Perfectly righteous. Now, that's kind of mind-blowing, right? Because you know better. Like, right? Like, how can that be? I know that I've sinned in my life. But because of what Jesus has done, God imputes his righteousness to those who trust him as Savior. And if you haven't done that yet, I hope that you will today. Another one of these benefits, as amazing as this is, is this reminder that when we stand before God, when we step into eternity that we can be as we were meant to be. You talk about a fullness. You talk about this eternal life, life to the full, that Jesus said, that's what I've come for you to be able to have. That's what awaits us without any of the unrighteous baggage that we've carried or things that are holding us back, the brokenness that we experience in life right now. And so we could say, how many are a little bit hungry, thirsty for that imputed righteousness and what will be? But the other means of righteousness, and, this, and the second is the one Jesus is referring to, is what we would call pursued righteousness. And the reason we call it a pursued righteousness is because the Apostle Paul, in speaking to followers of Jesus, challenges them with this. He says, you need to pursue righteousness, as well as faith and love and peace, along with all the others who call in the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. To pursue it means it's something that we are striving, it's something that, that is a responsibility for us to do our part in. And the Beatitudes, they just kind of work us all the way up to it. Each of the Beatitudes are, are the next step in this deeper happiness. And if you miss any of those, I'd encourage you to just go back, check them out online. But Jesus is taking us into this fourth step today, going, and he's saying this, that this pursuing of righteousness is that which is going to help you not only to be what you know you're meant to be, but to receive that which your soul longs for as well. And Jesus talks a lot about righteousness, which some people, if you don't understand it, it's kind of like, yeah, and that's what scares me about, you know, about Jesus and about God and his righteousness. And it's like, you know, I could never be that. And Jesus goes like, no, 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 no. It's because you've been so focused on the outward. And here's Jesus' aha moment for us. Here's Jesus, you could say, here's his maxim, his great repeated teaching about righteousness. He said, righteousness is an inward, outward thing. That is, the inward affects the outward rather than outward changing us inwardly. When I say Jesus talked a lot about it, I mean, he is always talking about righteousness. And in fact, 
in one place, Jesus is on like a righteousness riff. I mean, he is just going, 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 going on. A whole chapter about righteousness. Matthew 23 is the one I'm referring to. But he gets to this point and he calls out people that would have been considered the most righteous people. Outwardly, you're going like, man, they got it all together. And they wanted everybody to know they had it all together too. And so Jesus says to him, woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites. And here's where things get really cringy at this moment. Like, whoa, like what is Jesus, you know, saying? And he said to him, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside, they, you, are full of greed, self-indulgence. It's like you're just blind. He says, what you need to do is first clean the inside of the cup, and then the outside will be clean also. And here's what Jesus is saying, and I think this becomes, I hope, of, of help to us. Because you can take our, our life and look at it like this. Now this isn't actually a um, design colored glass. This is something that is just really filthy right now. I mean, this is a clear crystal glass. And what the Pharisees would, would do is they were taking great care to make sure that the outside of this you can't believe how gross this feels on the outside either. Just nasty. And they're like, okay, we're getting everybody. When they look at us, they are going to see all of the good things that we do. And they've got the outside cleaned, washed. And we are looking good, baby. And here's what you got. Outside. It's clean. I mean, it's so clean. Like, I mean, it's clean. It's clean, clean right now. Like, there's no problem with that. But on the ins, yeah. I don't think anybody would want to, um, you know, serve up your, you know, your next drink out of this cup because you'd just be going, that is so disgusting. Instead, Jesus said, "I just want you to realize this." He say, he say, Jesus say. Uh, <laughs> Jesus was saying, if you, and these, somebody worked really hard to get these things dirty too. <laughs> if you work at cleaning the inside of the cup, you know what's happening? Well, I'm doing it. There's something that's happening. The outside is being cleaned as well. And you take care of the inside. The next thing you know, the outside has been affected as well. This is Jesus, was Jesus saying. Take care of the inside. The outside is a way of taking care of itself. Now, he didn't leave it as just kind of an analogy, like, okay, now you guys figure it out from there. He went on to say this. So we read the Beatitude, Matthew 5, verse number 8. And if we drop down just a few verses, Jesus starts to talk about the, you know, here's, here's what righteousness is. And he said, now, you have heard that's been said by people of long ago, you shall not murder. Because we all know, right, that righteous people don't murder. And all God's people said? Yeah, okay, great. All right, okay, so like, I don't murder, I'm a righteous person. But Jesus said, don't do that because if you murder, you're going to be in danger of the judgment. But I tell you, he said, 
that anyone who's angry with his brother or sister is going to be subject to the judgment. In other words, people are saying, hey, I have never killed anybody, therefore I am a righteous person. I'm, I'm not a murderer, I'm righteous. And Jesus is like, really? He said, but what about the hatred? What about the prejudice? What about the bitterness that's in your life? What about the unjust anger? What about the, I mean, there's some people you don't like just because of the way they look. You know, there's some people you don't like because of their skin color. There's some people when you find out what their political alliance are, like you don't like that person. In fact, you are just killing them on the inside. He goes, it's not that righteous people, you're not righteous just because you don't murder. Righteousness is when you take care of that stuff on the inside. And when you take care of your prejudice and when you take care of the bitterness that you're holding on to and when you start to practice love, do you know what? That which is on the inside becomes on the outside. Righteous people are righteous because of what's on the inside, not just because of the fact that they don't murder. And by the way, you take care of the inside, you're probably not gonna murder anybody. Just saying. He goes on. You have heard that it's been said Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Because righteous people don't commit adultery. And all God's people said, amen. I have never committed adultery. I'm a righteous person. Jesus said, really? Because I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery with her in his heart. How's it looking on the inside right now when it comes to lust? What you're, what you're doing online, what you're doing in your mind with other people, what you wish you could do if you could get away with it that way. Like you. But if we begin to deal on the inside with loving and respecting and honoring other people, you know what the result is? You're probably not gonna commit adultery. But the righteousness is from the inside out, not just the outside in. This is that picture, again, of brokenness. And one of the things that Jesus would want us to hear today, and I know he wants you to hear this, is you don't have to be broken. Whatever it is on the inside that you know isn't as it should be, you just feel that, you sense it. You don't have to stay that way. Jesus, you can be on the inside what you were meant to be. In fact, you can have a righteousness on the inside. You can hunger and thirst for righteousness and it will be satisfied. That's my promise to you. And it's going to have an effect on you as well. If we were to ask ourselves, what does righteousness actually look like then? The answer to the question first would be Jesus. Though some people would say, not helpful guy. Um, can you give me something more? Because like, yeah, I know Jesus was, I mean, I know this was Jesus, but What's that mean to us? Now you're asking the right question. So if we tried to look at what was on the inside of Jesus, and we can do that, all of a sudden we realize why Jesus was what he was and why people were drawn to him. Galatians chapter five would tell us this. It says the fruit of the spirit is, and would you read these with me, ready? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. There's actually nine of them that are up there. If you were to ask the question, what was Jesus like on the inside? Do you know the first nine things you would say? Love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness. You just go right on there. No, that's not a complete list because you could add to it grace and you can add to it truth and you can add to it mercy. I mean, add to the list for sure, but don't miss. These are the things that made Jesus on the inside what he was on the outside. It's a menu, so to speak. One of my wife's uh, favorite restaurants, Tofty's Table. I stopped down and picked up a menu here. And if you've never eaten there, I mean, some of the things you'd want to try, you'd want to try their um, street corn fries. Pretty amazing. Grilled vegetables, for sure. But you kind of move on down the menu and you go like, they have blackened shrimp. They've got Wisconsin kielbasa, the real stuff. Grilled tenderloin and then braised short ribs. Now I'm getting a little bit more hungry right now. You're just like... <laughs> Like, stop talking about this stuff. Now, here's the difference. If you've never been there, I mean, you read about this. Bray short ribs, like, oh, yeah. But for those of us that have been here, when I read Bray short ribs, my mouth is water. In fact, am I drooling right now? I mean, it's like, this is so good. Why? Because I've tasted of it, and this is that reminder of it to me. If you look at that list, these nine qualities of Jesus. What's it like to be like Jesus? To be a person of love, of joy, of peace. The inside being what it was meant to be. If you've tasted some of those, all of a sudden, it's like, I want more of that. I want to come back to that. I know how good that can be for me. And here's a good word. That Jesus said, when you hunger for it, the Holy Spirit, one of the specific things the Holy Spirit has been given to us for is that he will help us, lead us into and bring about this righteousness in us that we hunger after. He said, that's his promise. You will be filled. It's, a real, it's gonna be a real thing for you in your life. Jesus calls us up. Matthew 6.33, we're still in that Sermon on the Mount, we're still kind of hanging out around the Beatitudes right there, but these words of Jesus, he said to every one of us, he said, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things are gonna be added to you. Seek first what God wants being done in this world, in your life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at home, at work, and his righteousness, that you would be what you know you were meant to be on the inside. He said, get that first. And this is a quick aside, but I think it's worth it. The number one mental health issue that we have today in America, as well as throughout the world, but in America, this is, it's just you know chronic. It's anxiety. You may know somebody that has it. You may have experienced it in your life. I think, it's, I think it's valuable to point out. The nine verses in front of Matthew 6.33 are verses that Jesus said, are you worried are you worried about what you can't control? Are you worried about money? Are you worried about what's going on in your life? Are you worried about work? Are you worried about family? Worry about all these things? And if you're experiencing worry right now, Jesus' solution is this. Then seek first the kingdom of God. That's where verse 33 comes in. It's an answer to it. And one of the greatest ways that we're going to be able to deal with anxiety in our lives are to get the right things in front of us and to become 
with that, our inner self, what we were meant to be. So, what's some help with this? And I, and I, and I certainly want us not just to know something, but I want us to be able to be able to do something so that we can experience something that God wants for us. If you've been with us in the series, and this is your first week, great, glad to have you here with us. But the first thing I just want to encourage you to do is I want you to grab the wallpaper of Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6, that says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I want you to download it on your phone. You can use the QR code that's in front of you. You grab the image and just put that there so that every time you open your phone, you're gonna see these words this week. You're gonna be thinking about these words. Interestingly, so maybe you'll be looking over like, what you got on your phone there? And you'll go like, oh, I just got this, you know, this verse right here. And they're gonna read it and go like, that's interesting. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Once you've got that in front of you, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and you know what righteousness is now, then we wanna make sure that each day that we take a little bit of time to feed ourselves, that is get something to eat. It'd be crazy, right? I mean, who would think about you know, coming to church once a week, getting something to eat, and going the rest of the week without anything to eat, right? Like, like bizarre. Nobody would wanna do that. It'd be a miserable way to live. But we could do that to ourselves spiritually and with this hungering and thirsting. So I wanna encourage you to do something that I've been doing now for um, 1,334 days. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at right now with the, what's called the verse of the day. How do you do this? If you've never experienced um, what I'm referring to, the verse of the day, or got it, you can use a QR code to get the Bible app on your phone. All you do is you sign up for it, then each day you're going to get a verse and a little story, a little message texted to you. I've opened this up, as I said, for over a thousand um, days right now. It's been a great help to me in my life. I've been talking to some other friends. I mean, some people are way ahead of me. They're like at 1,500 days they've been doing this. Some, they're just starting out. They're, you know, they're still trying to get that first week underneath their belt. But for me, first thing I do when I get up in the, in the morning, grab my phone, open it up, and take a look at this. I put before myself this righteousness that Jesus said I want you to be hungering and thirsting for. Because it, it just gets me thinking that way. And I've learned this, that you can ruin your appetite by, you know, by eating junk food. But if you put good food in front of yourself, it's both satisfying as well as it's gonna build you, build you up that way. Opening up the Bible each day, taking a couple minutes just to pray each day, it's going to set you up to be that which you know you are longing to be in your life. See, it's something that all of us can do, and if you haven't tried it, let me encourage you to try it. Others may have different Bible reading plans, and that's fantastic, but make sure that there's something you do, and for sure, this is a first step that all of us could do. The other thing that we need to do, and I'm talking about this week, starting today, we wanna make sure that we're taking our next step in following after Jesus, or our next step in hungering after righteousness and being satisfied with it. Now, how do you do that? If you look up at the screen again with me, we've got these nine qualities. Every one of us, our inner self, longs to have these a part of us. Love, joy, peace, goodness, and so on. You could read there. If you look at those right now and, and you were to answer this question, which one of these do I need most 
in my inner life? In my inner self, what do I hunger for most? And then pick one. Now, I know I can just say this and in a conversation like this and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 and just, you know, and move on. But I'm, I'm serious, like, pick one. Because afterwards, here's what I'm gonna do. If I talk to you afterwards today, I'm gonna ask you, which one of the nine did you pick? Which one of the nine do you need most in your life? So you're gonna do one of two things. You're either gonna avoid me. If you see me, you know, standing there, you're gonna go, you know, you're gonna find another door to shoot out. Or as some people have done, they've just been walking by me and going, peace, joy, self-control. I mean, (laughs) that part was funny. But for you, which one of these are you hungering for? Because Jesus said, I will help you to experience, I will help you to be the full you that you need to be. One other thing that you should do, you could do it, but you should do it, and that is to make sure that you're connected with others. Now, we say participate in a group. The reason we say that is because none of us are going to um, experience righteousness, this kind of righteousness on our own. I can't. You can't. We need other people. If you just have somebody, like in a discussion group, online, in person this week, to talk a little bit about what, what did you get out of that, you know, hunger and thirst after righteousness? What were you hearing from that? What does that mean to you? I guarantee you, you're really going to deepen your understanding and its impact on you. The other thing is this. If you ask somebody, hey, what was the one thing that, that in your soul, what are you longing for? What's that area of righteousness that you're working on? When you name it to somebody else, It just is driven deeper in you. When you listen to somebody else and you ask them that question, all of a sudden, this theory becomes reality. And we begin to become on the inside that which we know that we're meant to be. And that's what Jesus wants for you. Real righteousness. When your inner self is as it is, should be, and you know that. And that's what Jesus said in one for you. I think this is so important. When Jesus lived righteously, inside out, the righteousness of Jesus drew people to God. They wanted to know more. Good people, bad people, all kinds of people, they just wanted to know more about it. Self-righteous people, working on the outside, not the inside. We know people like this. We've been like this. And these are people that repel people from God. What What a difference. What we experience and what our life is worth. I love what Erica said um, a couple weeks ago at Mother's Day. She said, um, and she's talking about um, self-contentment. She said, if the people in your life saw you practicing contentment, they'd come to you and they'd be asking you, why? What's going on? If the people in our lives see, not perfect, but a righteousness that we're working from the inside that's affecting the outside, I guarantee people are gonna come to you and they're gonna ask you, what's going on? Tell me more. And you'll be able to bless them. You'll be able to talk to them about Jesus because righteousness is simply becoming more like Jesus. Now, if you haven't trusted Jesus as your savior yet, that's the beginning point. To get that imputed righteousness, that's the starting point. 
And from there, then we can pursue righteousness. Don't you hunger for it in your life? Don't you want to get away from this? Don't you want to begin to experience this? Doesn't your soul cry out for this? Well, this, this, what Jesus said, it's what I want for you. It's what I'm calling to you. You can, you can experience this. And so let's, this week, step into it, pursuing righteousness, hungering and thirsting for that one thing, that one thing that Jesus said, and that's what I'll help you with. Let's pray together. Jesus, we wanna begin this prayer with an invitation asking those that that haven't received you as savior, but they truly want that. They know they need the righteousness that you accomplish on the cross to be put upon them, to be given to them, because they can't earn it. They're never gonna be that on their own. And if that's you, friend, today, you're ready to trust and receive Jesus as your savior, I wanna ask you just to lift up a hand to do that, you know, just boldly to say, God, today I need Jesus Christ as my savior, and I'm asking him as best I know how to be mine. Yeah, thank you. Others? Thank you for your saving grace that you're giving Jesus, that you're putting your righteousness over these. For all of us that have called upon you as Savior, we now are just asking you, would you help us to be filled, to be on the inside, what we know, we are made to be what we can be. Help us with our brokenness. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your wonderful name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.